Welcome to a review recap episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Timonini. On today's episode, we are going through all of the reviews for the Broadway revival of Bob Fosse's Dancing, which officially opened up on Sunday night at the Music Box Theater. If you are unfamiliar with how these episodes work, if you are listening in Patreon, this is a standalone episode as we've already released Mondays Today on Broadway. But if you're listening in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 20th. On Sunday night, this dance spectacular opened under the direction of Wayne Salento, who also provided updated musical staging. Wayne was one of the original stars and standouts of the original Broadway production of Bob Fosse's Dancing, and he has decades of work inside the Fosse vernacular that he brings to this production. Also, something that I didn't know, Kirsten Childs, who provides additional material here and is most well-known for her semi-autobiographical work, The Bubbly Black Girl Sheds Her Chameleon Skin, was actually in the original production of Danton, which I did not realize. She also appeared in Jerry's Girls and Sweet Charity, so she too, like Salento, has a long history with not only Fosse, but Danton itself. The plot description reads thusly, Bob Fosse's Dancing is Fosse's full-throated, full-bodied celebration of the art form he loved and perfected, and then changed forever. Utterly reimagined for the 21st century by director Wayne Salento, who starred in the original Broadway production, this dance and brims with a level of warmth, emotion, and color rarely seen in modern interpretation of Fosse's influential style, and features some of his most innovative and seldom performed choreography. With a cast of New York's hottest dancers and an eclectic score of songs selected by Fosse, Danson delivers the quintessential Broadway experience for Fosse fans and first-timers alike. You think you've seen dancing, but you've never seen dancing like this. As a publication time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected nine reviews. Five were positive, three were mixed, and one was negative. We will start with Jesse Green of the New York Times who opened his review thusly. Right from the start, we're advised that Broad Right from the start, we're advised that Bob Fosse's Dancing, which opened on Sunday at the Music Box Theater, will be, quote, almost plotless and include, quote, no messages. Is that a challenge or an apology? In the often thrilling, often frustrating revival of the 1978 Dancicle, which reincarnates the spirit and choreography of Bob Fosse, the two possibilities are much the same. Substantially revamped and restaged by Wayne Salento, a standout in the original production, this Danson argues that Fosse's genius was constrained by the pedestrian storytelling of musical theater, with its villains, baritone heroes, and Christmas trees. True Fosseism, it seems, can fully thrive only in the abstract Olympian realms of George Balanchine and Jerome Robbins. The dichotomy is false, and the insistence a little embarrassing. When judged only as a brief for that point, Danson stumbles, particularly in a long concluding section drawn from his final musical, Big Deal, the new material meant to bolster Fosse's reputation doesn't. In the periodic intrusion of axe-grinding Fosse avatars, quoting him in his most maudlin, suggests an inferiority complex not only about his talent, but also about the kind of storytelling in shows like Chicago and movies like Cabaret, for which he was best known and deeply admired. But in the spirit of plotlessness and non-messaging, let me not argue that too much. The show is a joy every time it puts down its acts. In any case, it's 16 dancers representing a wider range by age, ethnicity, body type, and gender presentation than you typically see in a Fosse cast, make a much better case for the pure dance qualities of this style than the text. A wiggle is worth a thousand words. Moving on, Brittany Samuel writing for Broadway News was positive. She said, quote, 
16 formidable dancers with the endurance of Olympic athletes pushed through two hours and 15 minutes of hip rolls and bevels, high-flying leaps and foite turns to a raucous audience of fans who treat the recital more like a rock concert. Rightfully so, because dancing is as metal as musical theater gets. The one negative review that was posted so far with Did They Like It's Roundup was from Pete Hempstead, writing for Theater Mania, who said, quote, Sadly, as an homage to a genius choreographer who forever changed the way that we look at bodies in motion, we're left thinking he's gotta be something better than this. Kobe Castle, in his positive review for Theaterly, said, quote, Let's start with this. If you want high-energy, show-stopping dancing, look no further than Dancing, which opened tonight at the Music Box Theater. In its first revival since its 1978 premiere, an insanely talented group of dancers take on some of Bob Fosse's most brilliant work, and it's a beautiful sight to behold. Chris Jones, writing for New York Daily News, was mixed. He said, quote, Dancers are athletes. It's just that America doesn't always see. They've got superhuman bodies and indomitable spirits. Their careers are short. They're vulnerable to injury. They're often vessels for the game plans of others. And on a given night, they can mark, fulfill expectations, or blow you away so surely as a running back shaking off defenders. That truth surely dances around your head at Bob Fosse's Dancing, the fascinating, if deeply conflicted, new Broadway revival of the hit 1978 review Dancing. Jillian Russo will be our last review here, writing for New York Theatre Guide. She said, quote, Bob Fosse's Dancing, as the revival's title has been stylized, reminds us of the breadth of Fosse's talent and resurfaces a facet of his legacy we often forget. Joy. Dancing brims with it. In Fosse's moves, the dancer's soaring energy, the lively orchestra, and, thanks to all that, in the audience. If you'd like to read more of these and other reviews, we will have the complete Did They Like It roundup as well as the Broadway World Review roundup in the show notes. All right, that's all that I have for you today. If you are listening to this in Patreon, have a wonderful Monday and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. If you're listening to this in the regular feed, I will now send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 20th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we have had a busy weekend in the feed uh, starting on, I think, I think Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning over on Patreon, I released my episode with two-time Tony-nominated choreographer who also directs as well, Dennis Jones. He helmed a production of Oliver down here in Florida that I saw over the weekend. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, it stars Benjamin Pajak as Oliver, who just so happens to also be playing Oliver in Encore's. Uh, Oliver ah. coming up in May, so that was interesting to see that. I've so got to tell you, it's scoop. been. I did. I really did get to see it before all y'all up there. Um, I've got to tell you, it's been. I don't know, twenty five years since I've seen Oliver. Yeah. Um, it's not a very good show. It's just, it's just not a good show. Just, uh, that's rude. And you're correct. I, I have a sentimental spot towards that, but you are correct. Well, it's got some very good songs to hang something on, but the plot yeah. is like 30 minutes worth of plot and it's stretched out 100%. with songs that have some connection to something and then a lot that don't. This production at the Multi Jupiter Theater was great and it was fantastic. They always that's do good. incredible stuff and obviously lots of really talented folks there, but like the show, not not much to that show. Works um, much better as a Disney movie where Billy Joel sings in it for sure, and Bette Midler. Yes, 
Is that is that uh, Oliver, Oliver and Company, and Company. reference? Absolutely, okay, it's an Oliver and Company reference. Okay, all right, very well done, very the well best. done. Um, <laughs> so you can hear that you can hear that episode uh, in both feeds by now, and also by the time you hear this, you'll be able to listen to this week on Broadway, in which. They talk about another Encores show, Dear World, which you were going to see on Sunday as well. I am, yeah. They, we're recording at noon. To... I'm running out of here after this to go see Don yeah. Murphy sing her face off as per usual. Absolutely. As per usual. They also discuss uh, how to defend yourself at New York Theater Workshop, A Doll's House on Broadway, and much more. Um, I will mention over the weekend, I also went down to... Um, uh, to Fort Myers to see the Gulf Coast Symphony do a, uh, a like an old school encores production of Gypsy, not like the new encores which are like so fully staged and everything. Yeah, I mean they're like, not li- holding books. literally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're not holding books, but it. I mean, and it was staged, but very, very simply. Mm. Um, but this production of Gypsy starred. Tony nominee and Disney icon Jody Benson as Madame Rose. Apparently, apparently, this is the first like staged musical she's done in like more than two decades, which is crazy to me. I didn't realize that. And her daughter, uh, actually, Delaney, Delaney Benson, played uh, Louise, which was very, very cool. She's great. She's apparently going to be graduating from the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music this fall. It was just two nights, but I gotta tell you, like, that show slaps. Like yeah, that show is damn right. a perfect show. It's and I'm not just show. saying that because I played Herbie in, uh, in course, high school, my senior actually. year. Um, but that was great. And then Saturday I saw Seth Rudetsky and Jesse Mueller in concert in Fort Lauderdale at the Parker Playhouse. And as you can imagine, that was like, right. The perfect thing. Like I, there's oh, yeah. nothing about that, that I don't love, you know, my love for Seth Rudetsky and Jesse Fact Mueller is obviously Fact. perfect. Always. So, um, so lots of great stuff. But uh, anyway, if you want to hear, all of our episodes and everything else that we have going on, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. As we discussed, um, you are seeing a show uh, at Encores today. We're going to talk about those yeah, reviews yeah. in a second. But before we do, I want to remind you, on Sunday night, Bob Fosse's Dancing is opening on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. So I will be back on Patreon later in the evening to bring you all of the reviews for that show. If you were listening to this in the regular feed, you've already heard those reviews, but just wanted to make sure we got that out of the way before we dove in to some reviews for Dear World at City Center Encores. By the time you hear this, it'll be done. So I'm not going to worry about like telling you all the ticketing information, but this is Jerry Herman's very rarely produced show uh, from 1969 that earned Angela Lansbury her second Tony Award. This time it stars Donna mm-hmm. Murphy, Brooks Ashmanskis, Andrea Burns, Ben Fankhauser, Christopher Fitzgerald, Anne Harada, uh, Cesar Samoya, and more. It is directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes. Um, I'm, because it's closed, I'm just going to kind of run through some of the reviews. They won't be completely coherent because just, I'm just picking little parts from them. Uh, but if you want to read more, you can do that in the show notes. Depending the first on the one writer, comes too, they're not completely coherent. But that's another story. Well, that's Yeah, that's a completely different thing. Um, first, I will go with the New York Times where Juan A. Ramirez made Fitting. the show oh, okay. a critic's pick. <laughs> oh. Oops. Um, He did make it a critic's pick, writing, quote, Considering our current climate of reactive, out loud politics, the melodramatic straightforwardness of Lawrence and Lee's story doesn't seem as far out as it once did. Now, as then, Herman's tuneful Yes We Can score holds a steady beat for all to march to. Um, Going on to Matt Winman from AM New York, who said, quote, 
Interestingly, Herman's original version for Dear World was of a small chamber piece, rather than the kind of musical theater extravaganza represented by his 1960s mega-hits Hello, Dolly! and Mame. And a few productions of Dear World have been presented in that manner, including one at Off-Broadway's York Theater in 2017. However, a downsized Dear World without the sweeping vocal arrangements and orchestrations is far less thrilling. It is probably too late to seriously resuscitate Dear World. Frankly, I would rather have Encores present the show for a week with Donna Murphy, after which I can revisit the original cast album once every few years. So I think mm-hmm. going with the big brashness and the obvious uh, city center orchestra that they normally do with that seems to make this project uh, a little bit more appetizing than maybe some of the stripped down versions we normally see. Um, Let's go now. Just talk real quick from Dan Meyer, writing from Theaterly, who said, quote, ultimately, Dear World does not add up to the sum of its parts and probably never will. But at the end of it all, I longed for a tomorrow morning reference to the show with these lovable weirdos. Um, This is a show that there's a reason it doesn't get done very often, um, which is why it's a perfect thing for Encore. So I'm really excited that you're going to get the opportunity to see it on Sunday, I Ashley. I too. I'm so excited. Obviously, Donna Murphy will get me to see absolutely anything. But I think a lot of people kind of touched on that as far as, yeah, this isn't a piece that gets produced very often. So one, that's already a reason to see it. But also, it's not going to be a perfect piece. And I think a lot of people go into really anything, especially at City Center lately, expecting perfection after having Into the Woods and Parade be such massive, beautiful hits. Um, And I just want to see a damn show that I never get to see and probably never will again. It sounds like it's in a state where I don't remember which review mentioned it, but that it will probably never be a piece that is not even close to perfect. And that's okay. I'm happy with that. I'm also very happy I'm starting the week with an Angela Lansbury show and ending the week with an Angela Lansbury Uh, show. Yeah. We'll get to that one. All right, real quick, I want to run through the reviews for the public theaters, The Harder They Come, which officially opened last week. It is currently set to run through April 9th. Of course, we will have all of this information in the show notes. This is a new musical that uh, is based on the iconic 1972 film of the same name that was directed by Perry Hensel and co-written by Trevor Roan. It features a book by Susan Laurie Parks, including songs by Jimmy Cliff that were in the original film. Parks also writes uh, some original songs for this. It is directed by Tony Tacone and co-directed by Sergio Trujillo. Uh, it tells the story of Ivan, a young singer who arrives in Kingston, Jamaica, eager to, eager to become a star. After falling in love and cutting a record deal with a powerful music mogul, Ivan, Su- uh, Ivan soon learns that the game is rigged. And as he becomes increasingly defiant, he finds himself in a battle that threatens not only his life, but the very fabric of Jamaican society. Uh, let's start with Jesse Green of the New York Times, who, after going into, I mean, really elaborate prose setting this scape, uh, st- stage for the show, says, quote, Alas, over the next two hours or so, the answer will prove to be no, not just for Ivan, but also for the audience, about whether or not he can make it in this world. Um, like the chaotic 1972 movie it's based on, which helped introduce reggae to audiences beyond Jamaica through the songs and charisma of Jimmy Cliff, the musical adapted by Susan Laurie Parks is yanked apart by irreconcilable aims. The uplift of the infectiously danceable tunes keeps obscuring what turns out to be a deeply unsunny story. Okay. Um, Robert Hoffler of The Rap said, quote, In addition to writing the book, 
The Pulitzer Prize winning Parks shows real talent for songwriting here. Several new songs have been added to the original soundtrack, and Parks replicates Cliff's infectious sound while also providing the kind of book songs that reveal character and further the plot. Providing ample support are Kenny Seymour's orchestrations and arrangements that make Parks' music flow easily into Cliff's big hits. That's fascinating to me. We've talked a lot about uh, Susan Laurie yeah. Parks. Actually, you and I saw Top Dog Underdog yeah. together last fall and Beautiful. raved about her. Um, the fact that, like, She's always wrote songs, and she's got um, songs for the play gear that's running at the public uh, now for a second Very time soon. as well. Yeah. So this isn't a surprise, but like to hear this kind of of praise to go along with Jimmy Cliff's song is songs are Absolutely. is really kind of kind of incredible. Um, I'll wrap it up with David Cody for The Observer, who said, quote, Harder isn't a bad musical, just one caught between honoring its Jamaican roots and razzle-dazzling a general audience. It could be bolder, angrier, more reckless. Eight years ago, in the same public theater space, another show about a poor, ambitious man from the Caribbean became a global hit. Ivan, sadly, throws away his shot. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> so... Take that for what it is. It sounds like there's a lot of promise to this show, but uh, your mileage may vary if you see it. All right, real quick, I'm going to run through this week's theatrical schedule. And actually, there's a lot. Um, so again, uh -huh. more information. I'll have links to all of the shows. Uh, so I'm not going to go into too much depth about many of them. But we will start tonight, Monday night. Um, over at the McKeetrick Hotel, their new show, The Strange Undoing of Prudencia Heart, will uh, officially open. Anything at the McKeetrick is usually very spooky and very scary, but also very cool and sexy. So check mm -hmm. that one out. Um, then on Tuesday night at the American Airlines Theater, we will have the first Broadway preview for the Pulitzer Prize winning play, Fat Ham. Uh, actually, you and yeah. Grace, I think, saw it together off Broadway. Yes, Robbie and I saw it together off Broadway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so we, I think we saw the closing performance. I think Robbie and I saw the closing performance. It's directed by Sahim Ali and written by James Imes. Um, the, I think the entire Broadway company is from the public theater's uh, original run. Almost all of them, except for two of the principals, are making their Broadway debuts. So this is exciting. I know, so cool. actually, this was either your favorite show of last year or one of your favorite shows of last year. It was definitely so it should in my be very top exciting. 10. And yeah, Grace and I really talked about it right after we saw it. And I loved it so much. I'm so excited to see what it's going to look like on Broadway because I wouldn't say it's necessarily an intimate show, but – once you do, obviously, any show off-Broadway and then move it to Broadway, the vibe and tone of it's going to change a little bit. And I hope it doesn't lose that because sure, oh, such a great piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then also on Tuesday, we'll get the first preview performance off-Broadway for The Vanities, which will be coming to us from the York Theatre Company. It is currently scheduled to run. Uh, through April 22nd at the theater at St. Jean's. Um, a great show um, that hasn't been uh, seen in New York very often. It'll feature Jade Jones, most recently of the only theater company's Beauty and the Beast, which was much beloved in multiple runs. Um, Olivia Kaufman, Amy Kuhn, and Haley Podshoon. Um, then on Wednesday, we have previews beginning off-Broadway from Playwrights Horizons in the WP Theater for Regretfully so – okay, I'm going to screw this name up because it doesn't flow properly off the tongue. Regretfully, comma, <laughs> so the birds are. Yeah. I screw it up every time. I always want to say so are the birds but because that, that makes yeah, grammatical same. sense. But sometimes proper nouns and titles don't always have to make sense and you have to go with them. Um, it is written by Julia Izumi and directed by Jenny Coons. It is playing the Peter, Sh uh, Peter J. Sharp Theater through April 30th. Then on Thursday, 
we have our very next Broadway opening, and this one is Bad Cinderella. And I know normally what we would do is kind of make the the bad Cinderella joke, although I've talked about how much I, I'm kind of rooting for this because of the people who are in it and the marketing. Uh, but there is a little bit of news about this one. Yeah. A statement was released over the weekend by composer Andrew Lloyd Webber um, saying that he will have to miss opening night, but not because of any conflict with some other work thing or even COVID, which we've seen quite a bit lately. Apparently, his oldest son, Nick, is critically ill and they are not 100% sure what the future holds for him. He has been um, battling uh, gastric cancer for the yeah. last 18 months Awful. and Nick is now hospitalized. And obviously, the Lloyd Webber family is rallying around him and hoping for the best. But uh, Sir Andrew has sent his best thoughts to the cast and wishes he was there. If you want to read the entire statement, we will have that in the show notes. The show does officially open on on uh, Thursday the 23rd over at the Imperial Theater. Um, I've had a lot of people in my social media feeds that have gone and just thoroughly loved it. Even if the show's not particularly good, right. it's fun and it embraces that. I mean, frankly, badness. Um, and I think that's the way you have to do a show like this. And, totally. Uh, when you have people like uh, Carolee Carmelo and Grace McLean in the cast, oh, I mean, that's that's worth paradise. seeing. Anyway, worth seeing whatever the case may be. Um, also happening on Thursday – on Broadway, a show that we are very much looking forward to is the first preview performance of Larissa Fast Horse's play, yeah. the Thanksgiving play. It'll have its first preview at the Hayes Theater ahead of an opening on April 20th. It is currently scheduled to run through June 4th. That is a week before the Tonys. I imagine that has an opportunity to extend, especially when you look at this cast. Uh, stage and screen stars galore. Darcy Carden making her Broadway debut. The absolute best. Two-time Tony winner Katie Finneran. TV's Scott Foley. And the original Hermes from Town Off-Broadway and the star of This Is Us, not to be confused with The Last of Us, uh, Chris Sullivan. Very different. Uh, very different. Uh, but I'm, although both use a lot of flashbacks. So I guess there is, uh, uh, you know, very harrowing shows, lots of death and flashbacks in both. So, yeah. uh, there is some similarities other than just yeah. the name. Um, <laughs> this is at the top of my list, um, besides so Sweeney exciting. for, for, mm -hmm. for May. So looking forward to that. Then going to Friday, um, we have another Broadway show beginning previews because, of course, we do. It's that time of year. Over at the St. James Theater, we have the first Broadway preview for New York, New York, ahead of an April 26th opening. Of course, we've talked about this. This is a show that features music by Candor and Ebb, lyrics by Candor and Ebb, with additional lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It is being directed and choreographed by the great Susan Stroman. Still not a ton of an idea about what this show is about, besides the fact that it is generally yeah. inspired by and based on the the movie of the same name with some of the songs, I think four of the songs from that show or from that film. We still right. don't really know a ton about it beyond that. And that's okay. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, I'll be happy like. to be surprised for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, also happening on Friday will be the final performance for the Brooklyn Academy of Music's production of The Sign and Sidney Brewstein's Window with... I mean, just the phenomenal stage and screen stars, Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan, directed by Ann Kaufman. You have less than a week to see that one. So uh, head over to the show notes and get the link for tickets if you want to see that. Then on Sunday, we have a bunch of closings, um, including The Best We Could, A Family Tragedy, which I know you loved at MTC. Absolutely. And, and Black Odyssey at Classic Stage Company. But see that Thursday. the biggest thing. Thank yep, goodness. But the Biggest thing happening on Sunday, as you referenced earlier, <laughs> is opening night for the Broadway revival of Sweeney Todd at the Lunt Fontan Theater. 
It is, I mean, it's just a, a ridiculous cast um, directed by Tommy Kale, featuring Josh Groban, Annalie Ashford, uh, Nicholas Christopher, Jordan Fisher, Gaten Matarazzo, Ruthie Ann Miles, John Rapson, the super tall guy, Timothy Hughes from Hadestown, um, Raymond J. Lee that we talked about last week, Nathan Southstone, Stephen Tewksbury. Like the cast in here, Delaney Westfall in there as well in the ensemble. Like the cast is just it's pretty amazing. Absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. It mm-hmm. absolutely is. And, and, and it, uh, Gina Duvall as the standby for Mrs. Lovett and the Beggar Woman. Uh, Nicholas Christopher was the standby for Sweeney Todd. He went on a couple times over the weekend because Josh Groban was Josh sick. Josh sick, yeah. So, so just – I have my tickets for May. I know you have tickets multiple times. So could not be mm-hmm. more excited about this one. I'm a little excited. Yeah. Shocked. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> Absolutely shocked. All right, let's get into some news here very, very quickly. Um, MCC Theater, in collaboration with the Soul Project, announced casting for their upcoming play, Bees and Honey. And um, I already got my tickets because it's it's going to be running when I'm in town and they have a Thursday matinee. So Ooh, you know that. that I love that. Yeah. The cast of Bees and Honey will include Maribel Martinez and Javier Pacheco. Very excited about this because... Anytime there's a Thursday matinee, you know I am there. Um, also, we found out on Friday that there will be a new U.S. tour of Shrek the Musical that will launch in February 2024. It has confirmed dates in Lincoln, Nebraska. No launch city or date has been announced, but more on that as it develops, I am sure. And then last month, either I think in February, um, Grace did an interview with Christine Petty about the rewards of being Frank. That show from New York Classical Theater and Cincinnati Shakespeare Company is now available to stream um so make sure that you get that nice. opportunity it is available to stream the link will ins- expire if you purchase the link on sunday march 26th so make sure that you have uh, the chance to do that then we will have li- information about all of this in the show notes and finally ashley in our feel-good recommendation it is from one of my favorite shows cbs sunday morning and it includes a uh, an interview with Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford about Sweeney Todd. Oh, it I've heard includes, of them. Yeah. It includes Josh Groban um, doing a little barbering work. Apparently, he took mm. barber and shaving lessons to prepare for Sweeney Todd, which is just Ooh, very great. method. Um, yeah, you gotta love that. What well, he said, he said, not to spoil what's in the in the in the video, the seven minute video. Uh, he didn't want the shaving community to come for him uh, if they come see the show and didn't like his technique. Which fair. I mean, given today's online uh, community and, yeah. and uh, environment, I You'll think that's fair. You'll get a fair, screed but. against him from the national barbers. <laughs> yeah, so very good, and um, obviously. Like we said, could not be more excited about this. And they just seem so perfect. Uh, and Annalie kind of talking about the last time she was on stage, also a Sondheim uh, show <laughs> with, yeah, with uh, Sunday in the Park. Um, mm. I, I, this is just delightful. And as much as you can have a show about murders and cannibalism, like being delightful, this is absolutely. I think it. it's pretty delightful. Yeah. Personally. Same. Same, same. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. I know this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Don't forget, if you're listening to this in Patreon, come back a little bit later for all the reviews from Bob Fosse's Dancing. If you've already heard those in the regular feed, have a wonderful rest of your Monday. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 